Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who've had enough of this shit. Chris and the Riz. Hey, Idaho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 434. This is the Lions back on the field. We're getting ready to get back on the field after the bye week. This is the official Detroit Lions Podcast for the Reddit, and I am your dashing host, Chris. And that doesn't mean running. And with me is my good friend and glorious co-host, Jeff the Riz Risden. How are you doing, brother? Chris, I missed you last week, buddy. It's good to be back live and in person and not on... So I was just talking to you over a video. Um, how was your trip? Did you have fun on your on your business excursion? It, it was. I, I broke my sober ex- October expectations. It happens when you travel for work. But we're back. We're back. I feel good. I feel good to be back. I appreciate the the warm welcome. It's uh, a week away was probably a much needed respite for what's been going on. But we'll, we'll talk about that. We got a lot talking about today. A lot to talk about today. Resetting the buy. What are we doing after the bye? Uh, a little bit of Bizarro World. Who are the inverse lions? We won't go as deep into it as Ash and I did. I don't know if you saw the Looking Glass episode, Riz, but it was it was a lot of fun to say. What is the you know the mirror image of the lions? And we found a team that it, that it kind of fills that role. We're gonna go in depth on some injuries. Talk about some of the players where they're at. Uh, we're gonna do an expectation calibration because it rhymes and it's probably good for a lot of people right now. And we're also gonna look ahead to the Dallas Cowboys. We got some good stuff to talk about with there. Got a whole lot going on with that and a whole lot more. Riz, are you ready to go, my man? Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. All right. Riz is so into it. He shuts the mic down. He's just loud and it just goes. He overpowers it. Just like, well, he overpowers a lot of things. But we're going to overpower your senses and your wallets if you give us a shot. Uh, December 9th and 10th, St. Jude show this week. Our 24-hour broadcast is back. This is the year. Oh no! Are we? No, no. It's it should be working. We got audio, right, guys? Just say something for me. I can you hear me? Can okay. you hear me now? Oh, you just overpowered the mic again. Oh my god, it scared me. <laughs> it scared me. <laughs> Don't yell. You you look like everything's broken. Okay, sorry. Ah, uh, okay. The Reaper. <laughs> December 9th and 10th, St. Jude 24-hour show. It is it. It is time. It is where we go. This is the year. We are going to crack the $100,000 mark raised for St. Jude. And it's not us. It's all of you people. It's all of your generosity, all you've been given, all you've been doing. We appreciate it so much. It started years ago. Um, We're going to have some great guests. We're going to do a lot of good stuff, as we usually do. Um, It's going to be great. We're just going to have a good time. I know we are. We always do. Riz, you're ready for a good time with it, right? It's going to be great. I, I am so happy that we were able to reschedule it for when we did. Um, it's going to work out. I will. I, I do have an obligation that I do have to miss probably two to three hours of time. Um, kind of in the dead middle of it around around this time of day on that Friday night. But uh, beyond that, I'm I'm good to go, man. It's, it's going to be so much fun. And, and you know, we got we got the the interactive thing where people all around the world can can 
participate at the same time. It's, it's going to be so much fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got our global event that's going on. It's going to be cool. Uh, a lot of good stuff there. So join us the 9th and 10th. We're also going to do our auction this time. It's going to be a little bit different. The auction is going to kick off on Black Friday, and it's going to end during the broadcast, during the 24-hour show. So we'll have a lot going on there. Well, there's some special items that will go up for sale uh, in limited editions as well during the auction. So check that out. There's the you're going to be stunned. You're going to be stunned on what we have. So good stuff. Uh, December 9th and 10th, Friday and Saturday. Mark it on your calendars. We're going for 24 hours. We, we could go longer, but we're the, the originals as always. All right. Let's get into it. Also, I just want to thank our latest subscriber, the person who hit that sub button. We appreciate you. J-Rock Riddick. Thank you for the sub. And also thank you, Steve Shattuck, for being our last Super Chat. I appreciate you for that. You're uh, rock and roll stars, both of you. Uh, you all can hit the subscribe or the Super Chat if you'd like. We appreciate that. All right. Uh, first thing, first item on the list to talk about this week, and I think this is pretty fun. Um, not directly Lions related, but it probably won't be, actually, if we think about it. Amazon is going to have the Black Friday football game. Riz, you can't convince me that this isn't one of the most brilliant Edition, game edition days ever in the history of the National Football League. Man, the, that Bezos guy is going to get me to download his app at some point, isn't he? And that's like his writing goal in life is to make risen household uh, Amazon people. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's it, it was inevitable. It might as well be them. Um, better than like having a show that's on like like. The, the Hallmark channel where it's like the entire show is sponsored by Hallmark or Walmart or um, Godiva chocolates or whatever. Like <laughs> I get, I guess this is the wave of the future. I, I need to embrace it. And uh, you know, black Friday is a prime prime time. No pun intended for football, for the NFL to take over. Cause what do you do when you're, when you're there? Like, okay. If you're like me, Thanksgiving day, you watch football, you eat a crap ton, you wake up the next day and you're like, Hmm, Football. What's on today? Well, the Egg Bowls today. Mississippi, Mississippi State, and Stanford usually plays somebody, and that's that, that's like what you do. I'm like, this is the worst Stanford team of my lifetime um, since since before John Elway was there this year. They're they're awful, and it's still be Notre Dame, by the way. Uh, and like, I made money on I, that. I, I'm just not interested. Get, Give me NFL, man. I, I I like it. Give me give me give me some NFL. So yeah, it's good. Um, just to, to go off a little bit on this, um. Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, does not do many things well, but one of the things that he has done is push for this. And don't be surprised if the Cleveland Browns wind up hosting the first game that's on the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited about this. And I think this is brilliant. And, and if you think about the, the tie-in for Amazon, the people that stay behind to watch football are still going to have a little bit of that Black Friday guilt. You, you, you can't help it. I'm not going out shopping. I never have. I hate it. But everybody's all the all the all the the sales or stuff going on can you imagine the right now in the first quarter here's the three sales codes you can get to get access you know super deals on these things if you you know spend 100 bucks get 50 percent off on this super cool thing or or something what they could do to market that is just outstanding just since i mean it's a hell of a tie-in i'm I'm not really big at all the ads and stuff of the world that we live in, but it is the world that we live in and it's how so much is funded anymore. Um, but the idea of how they could do this, 
would be really, really big. I, I, I like the idea. There's something else that I thought about with football that could have been done, and I, and they missed. It's a missed opportunity. And this is, we'll see how well Amazon executes on this because they often like I have all these great ideas, at least to me, and then they, 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 they're, they're missed. They're missed every time, right? And you know me, I'm kind of a idea guy like that, right? It's kind of just how my brain works. I go back to when the Xbox One was really released. If everybody. Uh, if you, anybody thinks about that, um, it was both entertainment and gaming console. They were going to have <clears throat> all the, the the TV, the the movies. You could voice control your TV. It was all new and special at the time. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And then I started thinking about, well, they're talking about signing this giant deal with the NFL right now. It was like a half a billion dollars. Wound up being the surface, right? But the, the surface count, and I was like, wait a minute. The Sunday ticket is up. This is it. If Xbox signs the deal for the Sunday ticket and makes it streamable for, say, free on your Xbox One, or if you buy Xbox Gold for 60 bucks a year, you can get it, get it as well. Some, some, some mix of that. They could pull, they could win the console war right there, right there. Just pull people over to the Xbox One, right? And then I started thinking about it further, and I was like, well, gosh, <clears throat> you could make it. Like the ultimate stream, you could be like, you know, basically Netflix for television because they have this, the Azure cloud that they use. Why not just have like all your like like not, YouTube TV does it now. But back in the day that you could have all the, the, the your local TV stations, they know where you are. They know where you're at. They could you could stream those just like YouTube TV and you could buy your packages and you would eventually get to a point where the networks didn't matter. That it was just the shows selling directly, kind of like Netflix. If you don't watch your six o'clock news at eight o'clock, no problem. It's all there because they have all the space in the the world they have all the and i was like this is where it's going holy cow it's brilliant and within seven months they basically abandoned the strategy and let it go i was like they could have they could have absolutely owned the world and started they, they were they bought a um a, a, a studio a development studio like a television movie studio in la i was like i forget which one i was like this is it they're primed and they they completely squandered it i was they didn't want to deal with the growing pains or the expense of it they they wanted somebody else to do it and them to buy it from them yep. so they didn't have to throw the money into development so they could just you know nobody wants to do r&d they want somebody else to do the r&d then they buy them and take credit for it that's that's business these yep. days well, you know that pretty well youtube <laughs> tv did it <laughs> they invested in it and used their infrastructure but anyway that's okay that's good. Uh, we'll keep going. Um, Amazon has Black Friday games. Excited about that. We'll move on now. Uh, we'll start talking about the Lions directly here. Um, speaking of um, uh, amazing, <laughs> the the Lions have an inverse team. And we talked about it in this last show that Ash and I did. We had this concept. It was just hit me as like through the looking glass. And if you think about Alice in Wonderland, the second part of that, that series, Alice entered through a mirror and everything was in reverse in that world. And we said like, what if the lions were in a reverse world? And we kind of talked through it and we didn't do a whole lot of planning. We just kind of talked about the, the, the idea and a couple of bullet points of, you know, what we wanted to talk about. And we said, let's just work through it and come see where we come out. And we actually ended up, imagine this where people, if you look at the fan base right now and how people are talking about the lions, we ended up thinking today's lions were in much, much, much better shape than the looking glass reverso lions. Right. And we can talk about that because we actually have a team. We think that is a really good look at the inverse of the lions, the Denver Broncos and Riz. I, I want to see, do you see that? Do you, do you feel that between those two teams? A little bit. Um, it, it's certainly like they're a very defensive-oriented team. They have a coach whose fan base generally thinks that they're completely overwhelmed 
Um, and that, that's certainly been the case for, for Hackett. They've got a crap ton of injury issues on both sides of the ball. They have uh, <laughs> overplayed their hand on offense. It's probably the best way to say it. They, they have given away all the assets to get their quarterback, whereas the Lions gave away their quarterback to get more assets. Yeah, I, I can see that. We, they got a giant way, not working too well for Russell Wilson either. <laughs> I think it's working great for Russ. <laughs> He's got all kinds of guaranteed money. He's fine. <laughs> um, the, they're, they're, they're in a lot of trouble in Denver. And, I mean, their defense is strong, super strong. What, what's what's the Broncos' record right now? I, I don't remember. Are they 1-4 they too? I believe they're 1-5, aren't they? Hmm. they Let me look that up. Week. You're right. Um, so think about You think about it, and it's like. We are correct research team here. There you go. You think about it. They've got the the top defense and no offense, and they're in very much the same boat, except they don't have a quarterback. And frankly, right now, I would rather have Jared Goff than I would rather than Russ Wilson. I think I'm. I, I don't I'm think you would disagree with that, Jeff. Um, <clears throat> let me look at it. So they are they are two and four. Two and four. Okay. They have the number twenty two ranked offense in yards per game. They are. Uh, next to last in scoring offense. Now let's look at defense. Where's Denver? Don't give me that. Denver is number three in deep total defense, uh, number two in yards per play. Uh, they have the number one pass defense in the league in terms of average yards per play and quarterback rating allowed. <laughs> <laughs> number one. They're go. two and four. So think about that. Where would we be as Lions? And this is kind of where we wound up. Where would we be as Lions fans if that's where we if if we were here? And we thought about it. So we had uh, Jared Goff last year. He came strong. We figured, okay, this is it. Let's is Goff is the guy. Can you imagine the screaming about not picking up Malik Willis if Goff was performing like Russ Wilson this year? Can you imagine like right the Malik Truthers were out there now he did he went way later so they would have changed their tune and they would have said you know one of the other quarterbacks would have, should have been the guy, but. We'd have absolute uncertainty there. And and not that we have certainty now, but we definitely have at minimum a bridge, if not a starter for a couple of years, if we need it in Jared Goff. We've seen he can perform. That's that. They've got nothing in Russ Wilson. They have wide receivers that can't play. Jerry Judy's great. Cortland Sutton's a good good receiver. KJ Hamler, they don't know what the hell they have in him. Maybe it's off they, quarterback. Uh, maybe, maybe. Their line leaves a bit to be Talk about. So they've invested a lot in their line. It hasn't worked out for them. Yes, yes. That's and what happens when you draft Garrett Bolas, a 26-year-old penalty machine. Yeah. Like you can, you can throw a flag on him on literally every play and of every game. <laughs> so let me ask you this, because I think this leads to a question, and, and this was posed to me on, uh, via Twitter, via DM. Which is harder to build if you're a team? If you got to start from zero, is it harder to build a defense or is it harder to build an offense, Riz? I would say it's harder to build an offense because the quarterback is so important. If you don't have the quarterback, you can have the number one defense in the league. Denver does. And you're going to be terrible. If you don't have the quarterback, nothing else matters, period. And with that being said, we have a guy that, Right now, do you agree? At worst, he's a bridge. At best, he could be the guy. Would you? Would you say that's I a think, fair statement? I think Jared Goff will be the Detroit Lions starter till the end of the twenty twenty three season at minimum. Yep. So you have an opportunity here with an offense that's going to stick together and be around with known quantities with with the players. Shark is in a short deal. You'd be able to replace him with somebody else. We have free agent money, which will probably mostly go to. Uh, 
uh, that cap space is probably going to go on the defense this year, and that's probably well spent. But we have pretty much the outline of the defense, and we'll be able to carry it for a year, two years, and and, and run with that with minor expenses and upgrades along the way, replacements along the way. And then the opportunity with a lot of capital to rebuild that defense and to put the pieces in place. I just... I, I, again, we go to that bizarro world and where we landed in, in the, the through the looking at glass episode. I would much rather be where the Lions are. There's hope with the next couple of years versus where the Broncos are, where they're looking at a massive retool. And, and they don't have their first round pick. They're their number. They're number six. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing a mock draft. It'll be up at Real GM on Friday. Uh, so look out for that. The I did the first two rounds too. Um, Lions fans, if you want a new quarterback, you're probably not going to want to read it. Yeah, just, just telling you that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went defense, defense, defense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unapologetically. <clears throat> and and Detroit fan man, right? But kind of though, isn't it easier to fix the offense if it only takes a quarterback? Well, no, because we've seen what happens with quarterbacks without a without a line. If if it only took a quarterback, we had Matthew Stafford. I would say <laughs> the, the <laughs> it's it's easy to find receivers. That seems to be the easiest component to find of like that is easier to find receivers who are functional for you than corners. It's easier to find offensive linemen who are functional than defensive linemen. These lines are certainly proving that. It, it, like, yeah. <laughs> my God. <laughs> <laughs> Can, can we find one defensive lineman? Like I like Aline McNeil a lot, but dude ain't getting it done, man. Like there's I, I think, you know, and I, I don't disagree. I think about Aleem and I think um, he's, he, look, he's, he's strong, right? I mean, Aleem's strong. I think he's, he's in, he's, he's good. I think, I think he's probably our best uh, lineman right now. Damn it. Totally my, my, uh, <laughs> my, uh, there we go. Okay. Uh, yeah. McNeil is, McNeil is really, really good. He's not enough to give Hutchinson what he needs. We need, we need, we need Charles Harris working where Charles Harris was last year. We need somebody else on that line to provide assistance. And I think if you look it, we saw Hutchinson get manhandled against Georgia. And that's basically the same situation he's got here at the Lions. He's the guy right on the outside. You just put two people on him, and and you you basically have nullified the defensive pass rush. It's because it's a lack of talent across the line, not a lack of talent on Hutchinson. You need another threat. You can get another threat in that line. You it can't just the whole thing. have one. You can't. Right, right, right. So there you go. That's what. You, that's where you're at. And um, I, 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 McNeil. I think McNeil with that other threat, like we talk about on the outside, McNeil's plays better. Hutchinson's place where they're all better, right? I see those flashes in McNeil. I like what we have in McNeil, and I think he he's going to be great for this team if they get the right complementary pieces on that line. And that's where we get some excitement for what's coming back, which we're going to talk about here in a second. Yes, but yes, it's, help is on the way. How immediate and how impactful that help is remains to be seen, but they're not going to stand with the status quo. And I think that's one of the things that you should be excited about as a Lions fan is that there are a couple of players who are coming in who are going to play with McNeil and with Hutchinson, and they're going to show you a glimpse of what the defensive line can be, and they're going to get to learn to play together and and do some things together, and that's good. And then just to go back to the, the Georgia game for a second, 
Aiden Hutchinson was double teamed on, I believe it was 92% of the reps, which left David Ajabo on the other side completely unblocked. He did not have a single tackle or QB pressure that entire game. The Ravens spent a first-round pick on him after he tore his ACL, or second-round pick. Isn't that crazy? I'll take Hutch. Thank you very much. And Malik still <laughs> fell to the third. <laughs> Sorry. I poke those bleak truthers. Um, all right. So there you go. We found an inverse team and it's a difference. It's fourth. Different place. He, went, he went in the fourth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every right, NFL right. team passed on him three times. You're right. Every one of them. Right. So, and I hope he does well. For him, I hope he does well because he's a great we guy. Like, we liked him. Yeah, yeah. We, like, personally, we, we genuinely liked the guy. Yeah. We really did. Yeah. We're rooting for him. Just not against but, the Lions. <laughs> It was a, he was a real tough sell as a prospect um, with all of the things that we had about him. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's where we are there. Um, let's take a look at, and I got to say, hey, Steve Shattuck, thank you, sir, for that super chat. You had a great set of questions about some of the people coming back. We want to talk about some of these injured players and, and what it means, uh, what, the, what it looks like, who's coming back, and what that means for the Lions. Um, before we leave that, I just, I just really quick want to say, there's a lot of negativity around the team, and I get it. I get it. Um, we'll talk about coaching and all that kind of stuff, but I don't think things are as bad in the building as a lot of people are are saying these days. And I think there's probably, when we talk about a recalibration, there's probably some conversation around that as well. But we'll get to it. All right. What's happening with our injured players? We got a, a, Oddly, we've got a list as long as a starting roster on most teams. It seems weird, but they this this is something that is 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 bothering me and um it's it's about the injuries again we'll talk about it in the reset but let's just get into it we've got so many guys that are right now uh jerry jacobs let's talk about him coming back it looks like he's gonna play this week riz our man jj 39 looks like he's gonna be on the field he has not been activated yet that's important to note Yep, yep they can activate him saturday to play sunday uh i would just say I I would not be surprised if 39 is out there starting opposite Jeff Okuda. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. I think that's going to be uh, one of the big pieces that we're looking for. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how um, things go. But uh, until he's activated, he can't play. Um, but it's going to be uh, it, when he gets out, he's an outside guy. I think we saw we heard a little allusion to that. When I say that, I mean with an A, not an I. A little allusion to that from Coach Campbell uh, today in uh, his presser about where uh, JJ thirty nine would be playing, um, and he and he said, you know, he looks like he's going to be an outside an outside guy. Not a lot of reps on the in the nickel spot. By the way, give credit to oh, I forget who asked the follow up question because the immediate follow up question was about Amani and if he still had a place on the team. And Dan, Dan was Dan was savvy to it. Now there was there was something there, and he basically said, "Yeah, you know, Amani's still here. We we would still like for him to be a good player." Something to that effect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he he said earlier um, in the I think it was the post game presser in the week after that. Um, that Amani has a chance as much as he always did. He's got to prove it. He's got to come out and play. And if he comes out and plays and he practices well and he does a good job, then he has a spot and he'll have that spot. But you got to earn it. And that's one of the things about Campbell that I like because it's he's honest. 
anybody can earn any spot on this roster, except maybe quarterback. But any spot on this after uh, on this roster is open. Oh, to man, that Boy was on the roster. He's still on the practice squad. <laughs> he's, Can't he's tell me he earns different, different role, different role. But the, those players will earn that playing time based on how they perform. Rodriguez is there. Why? Because he earned it. Earned he earned it. it. And we'll talk about him in a little bit and what would he where how he earned it. But Jerry Jacobs looks like he's going to ba- be back. Watch for that activation. Uh, hopefully it's before Saturday because we want to get our Jerry Jacobs jerseys on and get our hats on and get our streamers up and really have the Jacobs party because Seatbelt Gang is back. By the way, seatbeltgang.com. Great place to go. Great merch. Jerry Jacobs stuff. Uh, we partnered with him to put all that together. And uh, the idea is to take a chunk of all that money that we earn all that, all the money we earn from there and uh, use it towards helping some charities in Detroit. Um, it's been a little slow because Jerry's, you know, downtime. Let's be honest. People aren't thinking seatbelt gang. So your first chance, your chance to get ahead of it. Seatbeltgang.com. Get your Jerry Jacobs merch and let's support our guy and help him support our city. Establish himself as, as one of the, the givers in the city of the, of the city that does. All right, moving on. Josh Pascal. Where are we here, Riz? I know he's been working out in your backyard. He's been doing pull-ups in the room over there behind you. What are you seeing from him? What do we got from Josh? He is in a similar state as Jerry. He is still not activated yet. They have started the clock on him. They have until... Wednesday after the Dolphins game to activate and they, they started the clock Wednesday before the buy. The buy does not count on the clock. So they have that time to activate him. I don't know if we're going to see him this week or not. I would be surprised if we don't see him against Miami. Uh, and he, um, so I, I unfortunately was unable to get to Allen Park this week. That's, that's why I'm here in my, my office at home. Otherwise I would be at my, my uh, remote office, which uh, smells a lot worse than this. Believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> We won't explain why. Keep moving. Keep <laughs> no, moving. no, we Keep won't. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so uh, I didn't. I wasn't there, but uh, he is indeed practicing. Um, I know he was active in the part of practice that he's allowed to be active in and be seen in. He, I, I, I think he's probably a week behind Jerry. I don't know if we'll see him this Sunday or not. It, I, I wouldn't shock me if he was out there, but I, I kind of think that they're going to let him wait another week uh just from he had core muscle surgery that is a two to three month window usually they usually say six to eight weeks but you want to add on to it because when you have that you have to be like immobile like you could do no conditioning stuff for like the first two three weeks so he's he's got to get all that wind back and all that so i'm not i wouldn't be surprised Dan likes to talk about green line, red line, like pushing a guy to the red line mm-hmm. and then let him recover for a couple of days, see where they're at and then push him again and then see. And that that's a fairly common thing for, for NFL training staffs to do. And they're going to see how he responds to that. Uh, my understanding is that he was redlined today. We'll see what happens tomorrow and Friday and, and what, what goes on with that. But uh, he is close. He's very close. I can tell you that. Absolutely. All right. So we got Josh Pascal. Let's talk about. This one, I, I can't help but, I mean, my honest reaction in the moment was negative. Like, WTF, OMG, this makes me mad and sad. Jameson Williams, talking about, we believe we'll see him in 2022. I'll be honest. We are optimistic he will play this season, is the exact quote. What the ever-loving donkey-haired I'm running out of words that are nice. 
is going <laughs> on. I understand going to be a great player. Want him to be completely healthy. What in the, this is so much capital wrapped up in the sky right now. What is going on, Riz? Me, optimistic, we're going to see him in 2022. That's what they said uh, basically about Anzarike in week two at training camp, right? And we'll talk about him in a minute. What, 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 what? <laughs> what? This is them. This is, Dan, this is as close as Dan will come to telling you, we're not winning games in 2022. <laughs> if, if you haven't figured that out yet, that this wasn't their plan to go on a playoff surge this year, this is the neon sign over your bedroom that says, we're not good this year. We're not trying to be good this year. We're trying to get better this year. There's a difference between getting better and being good. They are trying to get better enough to be good in the future. Jamison Williams is a huge part of that, and they don't want to risk that in a year where they're not expecting to be good is the easiest way to explain that. I know that's a that's a that's a major shit sandwich to everybody who's like, this is a ten win team, this is a playoff team. Like, look, we're better than we're better than Minnesota. Come on! I didn't ex- I didn't expect no, I, no, I, we're not. I, we're not. Ten was the outlandish <laughs> best. I didn't expect playoffs, but I expected Jamison Williams to be playing. I mean, really, after the bye, as the season hit, okay, November, but optimistic that we'll see him by the what is the second week of January of twenty twenty two. Or 2023? Are you kidding me? Okay. He had he had his surgery on January 16th. It is it's uh what is it, the 19th today. So it's eight months almost to the day. That's still early for an ACL, folks. It is. It is. Now I know I know OBJ's out there saying, Oh, I'm ready to go. Like bullshit. OBJ tore his ACL in week seven in 2020. He tore the same one in the Super Bowl 32 days after JMO tore his. As much as OBJ's out there saying, you know, oh, I want this, like, ain't nobody signing that guy. Like, be realistic about it. Look, look, look on the lines themselves. Fifth round pick, James Mitchell, had his surgery almost exactly a year ago today. It was October 20th which is tomorrow, um, if, for the, those of you who are listening to this on Thursday, he had his ACL surgery one year ago. He's out there. He's sure as hell ain't 100% yet. And now, now you look at his game, and now you compare it to J-Mo. J-Mo, what, is, what does J-Mo do? He's speed. He is acceleration. He is electrifying. If you're not 100%, guess what? That ain't going to work. So would you rather have him out there at – 85, 90% and be disappointing and not be the JMO that you expect? Or would you rather him get out there at 100% a little bit healthier when the team is three and seven instead of one and four? I can't answer that. That's a question you have to ask yourself. I just want to win some goddamn games. That's all I want. That's all I want, Riz. I just Thank want you. fucking games. We all do. <laughs> it's, it hurts, man. Dan does too, but they are not. And, and Dan was very clear about this in the press conference. The other injuries, the, you know, the, the shark is out um, and probably are not going to see him this week. Uh, that Reynolds is still injured, that they've got a lot of other injuries. Cephas is gone probably for good um, with the foot injury. It doesn't sound like he's going to be back anytime in the expected future. They're not going to rush JMO onto the field because of injuries to other people. 
that's for all you guys who love Tom Kennedy, there's your guy. <laughs> so really quick. Um, uh, so Logan, this is great. To be fair, the question was also dumb. The reporter didn't ask when will Jamo be ready. They asked when will he be ready for the season. Campbell answered the question that was asked. So fair point. Fair point. Um, That's true. Campbell didn't do a great job of building a whole lot of um, <laughs> uh, of of you know confidence with that answer. But fair enough. He answered he answered that question. Um, but so, that leads- so I listened to this and I had to listen to it several times because I, I transcribed it and got stuff out before they, they sent us the transcripts. By the way, they do send us the transcripts. Um, I just got them in my email about half an hour ago. So and, and we're recording this. It's, it's like eight o'clock at night. So we don't have access to that. We got to do it ourselves. Um, the that fun part of the job is listening to the same press conference question and typing the answer for like 20 minutes. His tone was reserved but i don't think that it was like negative like my interpretation of it was dan was being very careful not to push the player and not to put it on williams himself to be ready like like this is the organization trying to look out for the player more than the player like not being ready and was let's, my let's, interpretation let's it. face and, it in five years again I would, I would encourage you to listen to it listen it's it's on the the lines website their youtube page you can watch it and, and decide that for yourself my takeaway from it was that they were covering themselves um and also dan i think was deliberately lowering expectations for a player who may not be what you think he should be being because they traded up as, as far as they did to get him. This is him saying, Hey, we're not worried that he might not play this year. We're, we want him in 2023 when we're ready to roll and contend more. Um, this they is, left that part. This unsaid, is, obviously, but that, it, it's pretty clear that that's what Dan's doing here. So there's a couple things. I think number one, Dan's resetting expectation with fans beyond just Jamison Williams. I think that's that's part yes. of what happened today. Just just so folks know. I think also this is relationship 101 with your player. Um, will a player take less money because he likes you? Probably not. Right. That's just not the business. But will will a will a player who hates you leave? Ask Darius Slay. Ask, 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 ask anybody from the Patricia era. Ask anybody who's not with the team anymore from the Patricia era. You can run them out. And this is the thing where a ask team Russell is actually Wilson. investing ask, ask in Seattle. Uh, ask the Seattle guys about Russell Wilson these days. The team is investing in the player and the relationship with the player. And it's going to help them later on after year five of the contract when he's a massive superstar. And he's, he's you know, that's what they're betting on. That's what I think everyone's counting on right now. And when he can go anywhere and take any any amount of money, if he's got a great relationship with his coaches, his front office, his team, and they respected him as a man, that's going to be, and his health and his career, that's going to go a hell of a long way to keeping him in the city that, that drafted him. So I get it. I get it. I hate it. Again, it goes back to, I just want to win. I want to see him on the field. I want to see our weapons. I want to see all these injured guys in the field. I want to see this team really, really put it together. I think, Michael Pentegrass has a great piece. MCDC has a way longer leash than we all realize. And I think that's hand in hand directly with the idea of the expectation setting that he's doing right now. And we'll talk about that a little bit as, as we get to the recalibration piece, but that's, that's kind of some of the, the meat of the conversation here about this expectations for this year, resetting them, what this team is doing strategically, what this team is doing with the players and, and what, 
you know, what to look for with the coaches and so on, because, um, well, I, I, I know there's coaches that every loss feel like they could lose their job the next day, but that's because of who they are, how they're wired and how much they give up. F about their job and they, they walk out of there after ever and they, but they generally believe that it's not like they're like, well, I care a lot. And that's what I say. No, they do. They do because they want to win and they, they believe they're expected to perform and win every game. So the mindset is right. Let's get out. Let's get going on. We went, we got Jameson. Let's get to John Kaminsky, Uh, a little bit of a hand surgery. Um, No big deal. You don't need hands at his position. You can just do your thing without hands. I mean, ask, I don't know. So what do we got? Is he going to be back this week, Riz? Do will we see Kaminsky out there helping our man Hutchinson because he played he played a great role in helping that defensive line early and helping break you know Hutchinson break free to get those sacks that he got. Kaminsky was really good the first two weeks. He he absolutely was, and they've missed him uh, because he one of one of the things that has happened is that they're playing Michael Brockers more. Brockers is awful. I'm again. I'm, I'm not hating on the dude. I'm hating on his game. Um, he's been brutal this year, and uh, I, I've been made aware that he knows that too. Um, like he's he's he understands where his situation's at. But Kaminsky was a limited participant in Wednesday's practice. He had wrist surgery. For those of you watching, it's right here. It was the bottom of the thumb. That's why it was initially diagnosed as a thumb thing. He he got his thumb yanked down, and it or something right down here. It's clubbed up. It's going to be clubbed up for the rest of the year, like wrapped up. <clears throat> Excuse me, but he, he will be able to play. Um, it sounded like from who I talked to today in the building, he's going to play Sunday. Good, 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 good. All right, Soccer Wizard, 975. <laughs> Do we know exactly what's going on with Chark's foot? Campbell mentioned he was getting checked out more, but it seems more serious than it's played off as right now. It's Let's be honest, Riz. It's all about the fact that he had a baby and he doesn't want to show up for work this week, right? Or his wife had a baby. I guess we should start there. Get it right. His wife had the baby. Although I was told by yesterday, yesterday on Twitter by somebody that he uh, apparently got hurt because his wife had a baby, which is very, very like somebody's going to have to explain the the anatomy and physiology of that particular thing to me. <laughs> by the way, good on him for the timing on this. His wife gave birth during a bye week. You don't even know the schedule until May. You count back nine months. It's before May. Good job. I know the I know the Lions are playing in Tampa next year. I can tell you that much. <laughs> there you go. No, so um, Chark has it's it is the same ankle as last year. I have been told that it is not related. That in my mind is actually worse because like you can expect like okay he he broke the ankle and tore ligaments last year. They had surgery. They they put a little thing in. And, you know, did, did what they do to, to torn ligaments. Um, I fortunately never had that, so I, I don't actually know that one. But they, it sounds like that he's having, like, compensatory issue or strength issue with the repair is what I've, what I've been led to believe anyway. So I, I, I don't – he didn't practice today. I don't expect him this week the way that Dan's tone was when he talked about him uh, I certainly wouldn't expect him this week. Uh, it's frustrating. I know it sucks. Um, it is not related to him. In fact, fornicating with his wife back in January. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and you know that's not how he injured it now. Okay. Um. <laughs> that's right. Because they have a newborn at home. And congrats to him, by the way. Yeah. Uh, by the way, good. 
Sharp does good with the bye weeks. They got married two years ago on their bye week news in Jacksonville, so good for him. There you go. All right. All right, from DJ Chark, let's go to Romeo Aquora. This one, again, this is another one, right? And, and particularly when you see Okuda come back and play like Okuda has. And I will again sing his praise. Jeff Okuda, it, it, this guy has been through hell in, 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 in Detroit, in Michigan, as a player. He played for Patricia. He was burnt repeatedly as a young player because of Patricia's crap defense. I mean, let's be honest, that, that, that was terrible. Put so much pressure on a young guy. Um, then he got injured. Then he finally gets shit straight, gets injured. And now, finally, this year, it's he's whole. He's able to go out there. He's able to go out and play. And he's in the face of all that adversity, all that BS. He's come out and he's played extremely well. So Jeff Okuda, I, I just I got to give that guy some love. He deserves it after all the hate that he's gotten from so many people. So uh, so good on him. But Romeo Cora, right? Same injury. What are we expecting here? Riz? He weighs 80 pounds more. That's that's part of it. And and Campbell talked about it. He was very candid about it. He's like, Romeo was working. I can tell you that Romeo's working because I know somebody who he's working with. He is working very hard, but he is not going to play for any appreciable time. Uh, he, again, when you're a big dude like that, it's a different kind of injury because you're, you're putting – 80 more pounds on it than what Okuda is. And then that's stress. And again, think about the, 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 what he does for a living. He has to get burst off the line and he's got to transmit that lower body strength and upper body strength right away. And you got to do that with proper technique and balance. It's not there yet. Uh, don't expect it to be there. If he plays this year, consider it a blessing. Uh, because it's it's not a given that he's going to come back from this. It just isn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that he's not working at it. It doesn't mean that he's not trying. It doesn't mean that the Lions aren't being supportive of him. It's it's a bad injury for a big dude. And and he's not a super extroverted dude. He's not super social media man, no, right? No, that's no, not he's who not. He is. No, so he's you a very private guy. See, yeah. And, and you got to appreciate that, you know, and that's one of the things that, you know, I thought we were getting better at that in the world, appreciating people for who they are and how they're built. Um, he is where he is. He can't help the injury. He's going to do his very, and you know, he's not lazing around. That's one thing about uh, Romeo Cuaro that isn't who he is. It's just a tough injury to come back from. And it's tough to do it when you're carrying all that extra muscle. I'll, yeah. We'll call it muscle. Yeah, and it, it, it is. By the way, you, you and I have seen him um, not naked, but pretty darn close, mm-hmm. wearing just like the the practice shorts um, and going around like dude's built, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like for a two hundred, I think he played a two ninety last year. Like he's 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 shred, This it looks like like if you if you follow basketball, you've seen Zion Williams. You know who Zion Williams is from yep. Pelicans. Yep. He was kind of chunky portly guy he's ripped this year that's what romeo looks like <laughs> <laughs> there you go all right let's see uh another one the way, nba's back baby <laughs> <laughs> let's go to jason cabinda um i expected him back sooner too um and frankly i with i just i expected him back um <laughs> he's not there is it a is it a numbers game what what's what's going on with uh cabinda here is this is an interesting one because they uh, 
I don't know if they're writing him out of the offense or not. Like, where is the fullback? They haven't really used a fullback in the situations where you would use one. Now, now they don't have one. Shane Zilstra sort of did that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he's still in the practice squad, so they can activate him up if they need to. They've kind of gotten away from that role in the offense, or at least without Cabinda, they've succeeded in that. So there's no reason to push him back from the injury that he's going from. Uh, I we did see him uh, the last practice I was at. He, he he's been there. Like he's in the building. He's in all the meetings. He's chomping at the bit to get out there, kind of like Jerry was on the defensive side of the ball. It just he's not quite ready yet. They're not. It doesn't sound like they have any interest in activating him this week. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, last guy, and I, I want to talk about some happy things before we get to him. I got my. Uh, <laughs> they just came today. My uh, Gators, Florida Gators shoes, nice. these are badass shoes. I love them. They they wouldn't even have to have the Gator logo on it. And of course, it's because my boy, right? But these are awesome shoes. I can't wait to be. These are going to be my dailies. Um, fanatics at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. They have Lions versions of these. I'm, I'm, they didn't have my size. So yeah, they them. do. Um, but they, I'm waiting for my size to come back. When you got 14s. It, <laughs> it's harder to get them. Um, but head on over to fan, fanatics at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. They got, if you're into your college gear, which, well, I'll talk about the college stuff. Um, college gear, basketball, football, of course, your Lions stuff. We wouldn't be talking about it if there wasn't a boatload of Lions stuff. They got your Red Wing stuff. It's all there for the grabbing, and they give us a little kickback when you use it. Go to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Some of the best quality stuff, clothing, memorabilia, the whole thing, all right there. Um, they got a really, really good plan. They ship it fast. Um, these shoes came in a day. Uh, I ordered them one day shipping and then they came the next day or one day and they're like, whatever they have to do. And they showed up the next day. Sweet, sweet stuff. Fanatics.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Get your stuff in rock and roll. roll show off your favorite teams everywhere you go. All right. Last guy we're going to talk about on the injury piece. It's a sad, sad story. The you saw the meme, the uh, the guys looking down from heaven, <laughs> calling him up, Levi Anzarike, <sighs> my guy, man, my guy. I get the flyer. He he he's a guy, and I know you didn't. I knew you you you. Let's see, you quoted it as you looked as happy as it, finding cat vomit on your pillow. I thought yeah. you actually looked happier about the cat vomit than the pick but levi is a guy that had the injury been fixed had the injury not hit he's a guy whose upside is so big and he could have been he could have been a difference maker on this defense right now from what we're asking for to get out of hutchin he could have freed up hutchinson by putting the right pressure in the right place it i get the play i get the grab i get why you wanted him but there was too many red flags and uh, we ignored him for the desire. And we even saw that he wanted to trade up. Didn't he to get on Zarek? That was a very bad look for Brad Holmes. Like maybe, maybe keep that on the download, dude. So we go back to the senior bowl where Levi Anzarike came out the first day of practice that week and absolutely Dominated, murder was the best player on the field, <laughs> yeah. no question about it. Yeah, and then then he went away, and we're like, so there, there's competing schools of thought when that happens because th- this does happen at the Senior Bowl and the Shrine Game and things like that from time to time where a player will have a kick-ass first day and they'll be like, I'm done, I've, I've done all I need to do, yep. I'm going to go home, yep. um, and and their agent encourages them to do that. 
there was some thought of it was that, but there was also some pretty strong whispers that like, yeah, dude, uh, dude did not look because he did injure his back at the end of the day. When we saw him, mm-hmm. he was laying flat on the ground with his with his knees up yep. and his back flat. And that's that's like if you've ever had a back injury, you know, that's like, oh, telltale sign. OK, yep. dude hurt his back. Yep. But he got up and he walked off and, and actually kind of like trotted off a little bit. And, and we were there. It happened. It happened literally right, right in, front in front of us. us yeah. <laughs> and it's OK. OK, so maybe it was bad. So then then we got to the combine, which was uh, like four or five weeks later. It was right before COVID hit. Um, uh, no, it was after that. Whatever. Whatever. And there was talk there that uh, he was medically red flagged. And I talked to a couple of different sources from a couple of different teams, not Detroit, but I got to say that. I did not talk to anybody about the Lions about him specifically. He was not on the board for one team because of the back injury specifically at that point, at the combine. This isn't even like after they don't do their own medical evaluation. They saw what they needed to from the medicals at the combine and said, nope, nope, not going to do it. And he was an intriguing player. Um, there were there were some questions about his positional fit. You know, is he is he an end? Is he a tackle? Because he kind of played. He was like he, he played at three hundred five one year as a defensive end, and then the next year he played tackle at like two ninety eight. So mm-hmm. they, they like got him smaller to move him inside. Like, well, mm-hmm. maybe that's why Washington isn't very good football. <laughs> I don't know, uh, but it was. <laughs> It was a very contrived situation, and the fact that they drafted him when they did was incredibly frustrating because that is not a risk that you needed to take when there were other players on the board who offered very, very similar things. Yep. One of them you drafted around later in only McNeil, who I thought was better. Sorry. Just just did. No one would have criticized him. Uh, we had Dan Shocker from our lads on right after that draft. He's like, yep. They drafted the better guy in the third round. Well, yep. yeah, and Dan, you were right. And no one would have they criticized did. him for taking a Lee McNeil at that spot. Nobody would have criticized the team. That was that wouldn't have been a reach. That wouldn't have been anything. Lee McNeil, where they gra- drafted Levi, would have been just just fine, just fine. It would have it would have been a little early, but certainly understandable and explainable. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <sighs> so Levi, we're going to see him in two weeks. We're going to see him around Christmas time. Is he going to be he on a Christmas card back list? Fusion surgery. Now, I am not a doctor. I am not a trainer, but I just know this: that if I have something fused, I ain't using it in a physical capacity again. Like, like if they fuse my fingers together, I'm done typing. Nope, nope, not going to do it anymore. They fuse my neck. Nope, no, no, no more basketball. No more volleyball. Like, no, uh, I don't know if he'll ever play again. Um, I, I'm actually I'm actually seeing my doctor early next week uh, for for just an annual, and I will ask him about it because he has dealt with back problems before. Um, so that's, I'll talk to my chiropractor too to see what what that branch of science decides on it. But yeah, it, he's out for the year. Dan said that. Is he ever going to play again? So we're we're kind of we're almost in thoughts and prayers mode here, right? He never he never did anything to hurt the Detroit Lions, Detroit Lions fans, right. the city of Detroit. He never did anything of the sort. We made a bad pick. Eric Ebron's different. We made a bad pick, and then he was an a-hole. <laughs> uh, Levi was not that at all. Levi has been nothing but class, and I just feel terrible for the guy because he's a guy that got 
to the point of being drafted, the dream, right? And then from there. And he is a kneecap player. Like, yeah. if you want the Dan Campbell mentality, that it was, it was easy to see why the Lions, why he appealed to them. Yep. yep. But damn it, it didn't work. No. Nope. It really didn't work. Yep. All right, so that's the injury update and, and kind of deep dive as we head into this week against the Cowboys. Want to get a little bit on a on a happy note on a rookie, Malcolm Rodriguez, top-rated rookie linebacker. Look, he's a darling from Hard Knocks. Everybody loved the personality he showed, and I mean, just just he he is he's just a darling to watch. Let's be it's a fun that's a good word for him because he's just such a great guy. His smiles worth a million bucks. Uh, Motor City Wrangler, right? I mean, he's the guy. The the whole cowboy thing. A um, lot of fun, a lot of character, and to see him doing well, it's great. He's your, he's your starter. He, that was a sweet value that Brad Holmes got in the draft. He got the number one rookie linebacker in the draft later. Good job. Good job, Brad Holmes. Not so happy about Levi. Good job on Malcolm Rodriguez. Riz, what, what would you like to say about your, your favorite position on the defense? I'm very happy with Rodrigo because I wanted them to take him well before the draft. Um, I would just say this. Um, Nicobe Dean has played three snaps this year. Three. Man, people were, oh, people were pushing him so early too. Oh my gosh. And it's so like the Eagles have good linebackers. Don't get me wrong on that. Like they're, they're, they're obviously the best team in the league um, for a reason. But if he's that good as y'all thought he was, he'd be playing. <laughs> Yep. Yep. So I'm very happy that they have Rodrigo. He is the best linebacker on the Lions. Again, low bar. Mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. But he he asserted himself very quickly that he was going to be a long-term starting piece on this defense. Mm-hmm. That's what that and and to, to go back to the recalibration of the season and what you need to expect for you are trying to find who belongs on this team when it's good. Rodrigo is one of the guys who can play on this team when it's good. Mm-hmm. There are not many of them on the defensive side of the ball. He's one, he's young, and he's cheap. That's yep. perfect. Yep, yep, absolutely. So that's good. All right. Um, anything else you want to talk about, Rodrigo, other than much love and, and hope for him and his future with the team? No. Probably. Uh, no. Um, okay. No. Um, it's okay. The, he, there'll be more to talk about in the future. The, the book is yet to be written on Malcolm Rodriguez. All right. There you go. I, I, I'm, I'm just very happy that he's like, I, I, I championed him as a draft prospect. Um, for those of you who saw it, my, my good friend, Luke, Luke Spinman, Luke Inman, the Spinman, uh, had me on before the draft on uh, Lockdown. That's Lockdown Minnesota Sports. It's not like Lockdown Vikings. They do all those sports. And I, I raved about Rodrigo on there and I also correctly called my shot. The Christian Watson can't catch. <laughs> well, we talked about that, right? We talked about that and everybody wanted to argue with us. And we talked about it. Either we saw him uh, uh, senior bowl. I mean, it was it was like, nope, nope. He can't catch, can't catch, can't catch, can't catch. And I went, no, 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 no. no. Beautiful running past those defensive backs. And then the ball hits him in the face mask yeah. like twice in a row. Yes. <laughs> Oh, like uh, Corey Fuller, right? Fast as hell. It, really, it's very similar. That I haven't even thought. That's a great analogy. That's exactly who he is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's Corey Fuller with a better PR department. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, Good so call. let's let's get to the recalibration of expectations. Reset after the buy. I want to start with the schedule. I, I saw this. I don't know if it holds true. Is, is it true that still 
it may it may not be after Green Bay's last two weeks, but we have like the second most difficult schedule remaining. It's it's up near the top, yeah. And some of that is by, because New York is inflated. Um, period. Um, all three teams from New York are yeah. five and one or better. So or the Jets are four and two. Um, good for them, by the way. And yeah. the Jets, the Jets are actually a little bit of the inverse Lions too. They're really, really good and young on defense. Their offense is know, hit and miss. They're 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 winning games because defense. Uh, they're winning games. I don't want to say in spite of their quarterback, but he's the fact that they have reined him into the point where they're turning him into what Joe Lombardi is doing to Justin Herbert up in, oh in Los Angeles. I feel so bad for the Chargers fans. Oh my god! Can I can I just really say something quick about the Jets? And, and this is yeah, not, yeah. I don't know, Lions fans are going to hate me saying this, but we talk about how bad it has been to be a Lions fan for ages. I was talking to a friend of mine at work. He's a Giants guy. He grew up in New York. He, he earned it. Um, and, I, and he's like, oh, yeah. But no, he's like, I grew up. We've had success along the way. It's great. He goes, the one I feel bad for are the Jets. I'm like, what do you mean? I mean, the Lions have never been in a Super Bowl. At least they have. He's like, yeah, but. It's 1968. Like, how long ago is it? Like, like, does it matter? I started thinking about it. I'm like, God, that's only 10 years shorter than the Lions in what is lifetimes of ages ago. I can, I guess I can empathize with the Jets and Jets fans for their just terribleness. And, 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 and think, back, think back to when we were young. They were a lot worse than the Lions, like in the, the, the like the mid '80s or the mid '90s. Oh my god! They had like that one year where where Ken O'Brien was healthy and and uh, what was his name? Um, they had a wide receiver, Al Toon, had like one good year. Yeah, and they had Freeman McNeil and Mark Gastineau and Joe Klecko and the the New York Sack Exchange. Um, those teams that was like the '82, '83. Like they were they were bad yeah. for a very long time until. Like they had that little hiccup with with the Sanchez and Rex Ryan, where they got the two um, two years in a row where they got to the championship game. Yeah. <laughs> and ever since then, they've been terrible again. Yeah, like yeah. they had they had fewer wins last decade than the Lions did. Yeah, I don't look. I don't feel sorry for them. At least they haven't had it worse than the Lions, but they are right up there. I mean, they are they have it's been tough, a sh- man. But I mean, it's New York, and they've got like a million teams to root for. They can bandwagon wherever they want. So whatever it is, whatever yeah. it is. I'm, I'm, I know a couple of their players. I know one of their coaches pretty well. I'm really happy for the Jets. I, I'm glad to see them having some success. And I do think that the way that they're building it, man, if, if Wilson comes close to being the guy, they're, they're going to be good for a little while. Yeah. Uh, talking about Lombardi, who got it from JP is me, 91. Herbert is the new Stafford. Oh, God, don't put that on that poor kid. He's such a good guy. I, I hope not, but I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> did, did you see the thing? They um, so I didn't watch other than like two drives of the Monday night game, um, but uh, apparently they had seven third down passes. One of them came within three yards of gaining enough yards to the sticks. That's terrible. Like that's that's Joe Lombardi in a fucking nutshell, dude. So sorry for you, Chargers. Why they rely, relied on the broken leg of that poor kicker instead of the the the, the stiff arm and, and the, the power and ability of, of Herbert? I don't know. I just it, Lombardi is a is a toadstool, man. He is just a toadstool. I don't know what the hell. All right. So their their head coach. Um, was the toast of the town last year. He's starting to get some flack, too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, we let's 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 pull that back to our recalibration. That's a little bit of what's going on here in Detroit. Toast of the town, MCDC. The my favorite, one of my favorites is is him in the uh, Grand Prix helmet talking about you know the Grand Prix coming to town. That was freaking hilarious. That's that's the kind of thing that I would. I mean, my my boy said like one day when he gets out of college and he's a doctor and not super rich, he's like, you're gonna come home from work and there's gonna be a bounce house in your driveway because when I get enough money to be able just to put a bounce house in your driveway to F with you, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm like, okay, like I get the sense of humor, right? I mean, he's a young kid, so he thinks different. But uh, I was like, I love that. I love that spirit. That's the kind of thing, that, I, which is, is right in line with with uh, Campbell wearing the helmet, right? It was great. That's, I love that. That is right in my line of sense of humor. I love that kind of thing. But yet here we are now, Admittedly, Campbell's made some some pretty woofing calls this season. Some 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 yeah. clock management issues, just some some bad calls. I'm not a, being an apologist here. Frankly, a lot of those were because he doesn't trust in a kicker at times, or he doesn't have the players he needs. So he's playing. It's not just trickery or playing differently. We're going for it on fourth down because he doesn't have any really other options for success. In many cases, there's others where he just, just should not have gone. But he's made some bad calls along the way. He's now, in the fans' eyes, sitting in an extremely hot seat. And we, we touched on it a little bit earlier, uh, Riz. We're a year and five games in to his coaching tenure. They gave him a six-year contract for a reason. They knew what kind of roster they had. They knew he needed to learn. They knew he was growing, too. But you heard it in that resetting of expectations with Jamison Williams, who's going to play, when they're going to play, and just kind of trying to refocus people to a different spot, take the the hype down a notch, probably to kind of lower the pressure from the outside. He, the, the talk he said today about speaking with Sheila, some people said, that's it, he's on the hot seat, and everyone flipped out about it. I don't believe that's the case, Riz. I, I think that, and especially, one last thing, sorry, and I'll, I'll give you the mic. He's a first-time coach, four games into his second year. You fire him. Who's going to trust you to come work for you as an organization? I don't know. Who could you pull before? I, 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 don't, know what, I don't know what the plan would be. The team has to improve. The coach has to improve because you hit rock bottom after Patricia. You cannot F this up. And I'll stop there and let you take it, man. I'm with you on that. Like that is exactly how the Jets wound up with Adam Gase because nobody else wanted that job because it was a toilet. That's how the Browns wound up with Freddie Kitchens with a fairly promising team. But like people were afraid, and apparently rightly so, because now Kevin Stefanski's. I will say this: Kevin Stefanski was the NFL Coach of the Year in 2020. He is in significantly hotter water than Dan Campbell is right now. <laughs> Zero question in my mind about that, and I can tell you that from both sides of that coin. Uh, and and I don't think Stefanski is getting fired anytime soon. I think he's going to have to make some changes with defense, mm-hmm. but you know that's that could be coming in Detroit too. Let me read to you what Dan said today, because I think yeah. it is being misconstrued. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me pull it up here. And I think, I think so just Dan while was, you get there really quick, I think, and I'm telling you people, you get led by the nose so much by this stuff. Think, 
think, think, use your brain. A lot of this is being purposely misconstrued for outrage clicks and to drive controversy and get you to read and pay or not pay, but pay through your ads to look at things in a time when it's a bye week People are hungry. Oh my God, my clicks are down. Let me go. People that do this for a living have to <laughs> freaking manipulate what they're after. I think you might be being manipulated right now. I'm just, I just want to put that out there as we go on, but go ahead, Riz. So let me, I will read to you because uh, th- this is what he came out with at the press conference today. And I will not try to do my Dan impression. Sorry. I'm just not up for that right now. Um, he was asked on his conversation with Sheila Fordham going into the bye week He said, yeah, I told her everything that I saw, things that we needed to be better at offensively, defensively, special teams, myself, and moving forward practice. So really everything, everything that I had looked at on our team and felt like we needed to be better at, I shared all of those thoughts with her and where we were going moving forward. And that was it. So she's been informed. He was then asked to follow up about her reaction to that. And he said, yeah, I would say she understands. She's very supportive, but she's frustrated. I mean, and she should be. We all believe we should make things, we should be better than where we're at. But I do know that she's all in, and I do know that she believes in what Brad and I are doing. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Does that, and end quote there. Does that sound like a guy who's worried about his job? No. And the fact that he walked in having self-scouted, right? He talks about, he looked at, you know, we have to look at the defense, I have to look at myself, right? And owns that. That's, that's, that's absolutely key. Now, I want to make clear be clear here because people misconstrue these things sometimes and they don't realize that multiple things can be true nobody's happy about the state of the team the win-loss record right now nobody's apologizing for the state of the lions right now nobody says this is what we wanted this is what we expected sort of but not really close but not what we really expected This is not where this team should be or we want it to be. Does that mean that it's the right thing to do to fire this coach or to throw this GM out, which is even more ludicrous than the idea of of putting the coach in the hot seat? But does that mean that that's the right thing to do? Absolutely not. I, I think that absolutely it is the wrong thing to do if you care about just that, getting wins and building a winning team. I'm with you 100% on that, Chris. Like it, I, I, okay, as, I, as I've said many times, I had a, a boss, the great Ty Adams, who once told me, don't come to me with the problem without coming to me with a potential solution. Okay, who are you going to hire that will do a better job with this team this year than what Dan Campbell has? You probably find a few names because Dan, Dan is, he's mishandled game situations. There ain't no doubt about that. He's got to get better at that. And one of the things that I'm looking forward to for the rest of the season is does, has he learned from his mistakes? Has he learned from his God awful decisions on fourth down? Has he learned that you might need to have a kicker on the roster? By the way, they still don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have two on the practice squad. They're having a kickoff tomorrow from what I understand. And you will find out whether it's Sam Ficken or Michael Badgley at that point, parenthetically adding here, both of those guys have been better than Matt Prater since the start of the 2018 season. <laughs> Stinger. <laughs> oh, all right. Prater is the second worst continuously employed kicker since the start of the 2019 season. 
And by the way, he's perfect this year. That's telling you where he's been at for the last couple of years. As, as a guy who plays video games, I go back and play. Uh, there's a lot of the, the way you're manipulated in video games. I, that's the one thing I hate more than anything is being manipulated or feeling manipulated because I'm kind of a free thinking kind of person. I love so I hate the way they 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 they, they do like skill based matchmaking. It's 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 all it's all dopamine hits and and string you out for um, microtransactions now. Gaming has just been absolutely destroyed by that whole concept. So I go a lot and play back some of the old games and I'll fire them up. And I don't care if I go all the way back to Asteroids or all you know up to to Black Ops Three even or Black Ops Two. Some of the old Call of Duty games that I spent hundreds of hours on. They're not what they were. That nostalgia drug, that nostalgia, that Matt Prater nostalgia is in the same place. He was great. It was so much fun. It was perfect for the time. Matt Prater left at probably the right time. Matt Prater was allowed to leave at probably the right time. So the nostalgia is strong, and I get it, and we love those times, and we wish we had Matt kicking again like that. But that's not the Matt that exists today. That's not the Prater that exists today. So even, I mean, we have, you know, Riz, we have the damning pictures that could could have cost him years ago, right? I mean, seriously, they've been popped out. Um, Never released him, still wouldn't, right? Because he's a good human being. Having talked to him and met him, and he's he's a very good human being. Doesn't deserve that, and everybody is a flawed human being in their own way. Um, but yeah, the nostalgia for Matt is not the Matt who's here today, and that's that. We forget the two missed extra points in Green Bay. Um, I guess so I guess we do. Um, anyways, but that's 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 a little side diversion. Um, I would say back to Campbell. There's no way he gets fired this season. There's no way he gets fired this off season. Like if you're thinking that, and if you're wanting that, if that's what's holding you back from like embracing the team, like, Oh, they got to fire the guy. Barring an absolute train wreck, like an absolute inexcusable. I like, I don't know. He's Jerry Sanduskying in the locker room or something. I mean, it's going to take something egregious for him to get fired at this point, losing out the rest of the season. That's potentially egregious enough. I it's don't not, know. Yeah, I, I don't think that would do it, but it would certainly that would be a situation where you're going in the way Matt Rule did in Carolina this yeah. year. We're like, dude, you got to win now. Um, and we're going to give you Baker Mayfield. Go win with that. Good luck. Um, and it didn't work. And he's fired now. Yeah. Uh, that, that was also the deal with Hugh Jackson when they kept him after the winless season. Remember, they didn't fire Hugh right away. They kept him for hard knocks for fun. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh and he got what did he get? I think he got six games. I think he was. I think they were two and five. Yeah, seven games. And they yep. fired him. Yep. Um, that would be that would be the closest situation that I could think of, and the earliest situation, by the way, that I could think of that Dan Campbell will be gone would be the bye week next year if they have won one game between now and then. Yep. And again, that, that's not entirely implausible, mm-hmm. uh, especially if Dan doesn't get his game management act together. Yep. Uh, and the defense doesn't get better and they don't get healthier. Um, there, there's a lot of things that would conspire to that. And some of that would be in dance control. Some of it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You're a victim of your circumstance in that case. And if you can't win more than he's 417 and one right now, if he's 530 and one, then, yeah, then it's probably going to go. Like mm-hmm. he, I, don't, I don't think there's any sweet talking that's going to survive that. Yep. But if he's if, let, let's say, OK, they're they're one and four now. Let's say they finish. Four and thirteen, which is 
I, I did a little thing today. That's that's where I've got them finishing right now. I think they're going to finish four and thirteen, which will be the third or fourth worst record in the league. So they're going to pick third or fourth in the draft. Boot up. I don't think that gets him fired. I don't, I don't think. I don't even think that makes him that hot of like, like. I will say it again. Unless the Cleveland Browns win a playoff game this year, I think Kevin Stefanski's in a lot more trouble. And again, this was the coach of the year two years ago. It changes quickly in the NFL. You look at what Denver is doing with Nathaniel Hackett and, and mishandling the, the prize. And, and oh, by the way, that's used for sale and, and transfer. Like, there's so many more things that are volatile there. Yep. Like, we have stable ownership for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Not going down that road. I think it's for better. Uh, we, ha- we have. We have a young core of talent on the offensive side of the ball that is capable of doing some damage, even with Jared Goff, assuming Jared Goff plays the way he goes. Other than, other than the New England game, I think Jared Goff has been fine this year. Absolutely. Uh, you, can't, you can't throw pick sixes. Um, you can't do whatever, whatever the hell that was um, to Matt Judon. Don't do that again, Jared, please. Uh, but I, I think he's on the list of reasons why the Lions are one and four. He's not near the top. No, not close. <laughs> no. Um, and you you can buy another year with him. Like if, if he is what he is this year, you can buy another year with that and you can improve. And if they're now next year though. Ne- next year, if they're one and four again, then, four then you gotta start year. looking at, at changes and that that hey, no matter how much we t- like it just ain't working, no matter how much we want it to. I'm sorry, man, I, it just doesn't happen. And like that's that is when Dan starts to feel heat. I don't Not think I don't think Dan Campbell survives next year with seven less than seven wins, unless the whole team you have a Marshall football playing crash situation. He does not survive a seven or less win team next season. I'm, so I, it'll I be just, seven, I, seven and ten. They have to be better than seven and ten in yep. twenty twenty three. Is yep. what you're saying? Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's fair. I think that's what we're because looking at. The, the bar will be raised then because again, you've yeah. got two more first round draft picks coming in. You've got your second first round pick from this year who will be playing next year. And you're going to hopefully have some better free agents next year. And you're going to be about ready probably to pick a quarterback and you're going to want your coach to have his guy. That's, that's absolutely fair. So there you go. And, uh, you know, just to, to further advance that if you, if, if the GM, decides let's run it back with Alex Anzalone and Will Harris as starters on defense again, because that was good enough last year. When we get... That wasn't good enough too. folks. And the, you people who gave Brad Holmes a pass for bringing all those guys back. Look at yourselves. Yep. Look at yourselves. All right, really quick on the video game front, Tecmo Super Bowl. I've seen a couple good ones. Uh, a great game. If you guys are looking for something, especially football related retro bowl. Uh, yes. It's on all the different forms. My son plays it all the time. I play the hell out. I'm on like, like my 74th season. I am the most highly qualified non-NFL employed GM you'll find. Uh, love it. I love it. I've won. Other than the first season, I've won every single Retro Bowl since. It's been. It's. I've had multiple 17 years. Great, great game. Love it to death. It's really fun. Check that one out. I, I, I don't get anything for it. Just Retro Bowl. Check it out. It's great. Great app. Um, let's see. I wanted to say... Uh, hypothetically firing Campbell would Deuce be, be, do a better job with this team I love Deuce in what he does I'm telling you as a head coach I don't think that Deuce has the right mix of skills for that job it's nothing against Deuce at all nothing at for all this against team, for Deuce. this team 
Are you? Oh, you're going more than that. Okay, okay, all right. I disagree with you on that. I think he's going to be fine. a good head coach. Okay, that's fine. I, and I think we'll he's going to get a shot next year. We'll revisit that. I I just don't think he has. Um, all the pieces to do that. And we can talk about it later. We'll see as that goes on and we'll, we'll talk more, but I think I just, I, I, I love him to death. I just don't think he has what it takes. So anyway, from there, from there, there we go. Um, let's talk about injuries in this team as we recalibrate expectations and reset after the buy. We talked about the injured players. I don't have the data and I, I didn't have time to get it where the lions rank respective to other teams in injuries. I know as far as cap costs, it's really, really high. And it seems like they are fourth. It seems like that is a repeating trend since 2010s, 15s time frame that we continually have a high rate of injuries. Now, there's confirmation bias because it's your team. And, and, and I don't have the data to go back and I haven't. But the one thing I know is key players continue to get hurt. Absolute Matthew Stafford, two seasons or miss almost, almost half a season, one year. Um, in the in the in the in the Caldwell era, you know, uh, uh, DeAndre uh, or Levy, um, the 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 discount double check ACL rip, right? I mean, guys just getting injured on on dumb things, and and just other than <laughs> I'm going back now, Lewis Delmas being a missile and, and destroying his own players, um, it just seems like injuries were, have been so high on this team forever. We've rotated out the strength and conditioning staffs. I know we have the turf, but other teams have the turf as well. What is going on? I, I, I honestly believe before the coaches are going to be addressed, meaning Dan Campbell, something has to be addressed about the injuries that are occurring to the players. Coaches talked about it in the in the bye week going in. They and they've adjusted some things about injury and how they're approaching things to help try to prevent injury. What in the holy beepity bops are going on with this team on the injury front? Why so many? It's hurt every, the last two coaches. They've been, they've just not been able, they're key players, Stafford, Okuda, right? For Patricia, not that Patricia was great. I'm not a defender of him, but they've had key players go down to where they didn't have an opportunity to run the team that they even built because they don't have the guys in the team. Patricia ran some good guys out too, but otherwise, what's the, what's going on? What's going on here, Riz? Quandre digs out. They drained a pint of blood from Quandre's thigh and all of a sudden he was a pro bowler. I digress. Um, That happened, by the way. Uh, I'm looking at the data now on the NFLPA's website. The Lions are, they have 12 players that are either on IR or the PUP NFI list. That is tied for 14th. So they're middle of the pack. Hmm. Uh, In terms of salary cap impact, they are 15th. Uh, Denver leads the way. By the way, Denver has over 23% of its salary cap unavailable to the team. The Lions are at just under 8%. Uh, they are right there with Washington. The Rams are that, that they're sandwiched between those two teams. The Ravens are a little bit above them. Uh, the Titans have 15 players that are out um, unavailable. Um, the lowest, by the way, is the Jacksonville Jaguars with just four. They're having a decent season. Uh, there are several teams with more. Um, yeah. So they're, they're, they're in the middle. Now that doesn't, gauge like the impact of the talent level of the player but ask Dallas fans about the injuries that they've had on that team 
You know, as yeah. Browns fans about the injuries they've had, as Cincinnati fans about what what's going on with their team. Titans fans, they lost Harold Landry, their best defensive player, um, in preseason. They're, they're playing without Taylor Lewan, their starting left tackle. They're making it happen. You've got to be able to adapt to the injuries. It happens to everybody. You just think that it's bad because it happens to your team, and it does seem that it is a little bit more impactful. Some of that is the fact that, to go back to what we are talking about with Holmes um, and drafting injury play players, that was also a problem for Quinn. Yeah, and, DeAndre and Swift, on Johnson, those guys were never healthy. Ryan Broyles. Ever. Ryan Broyles. I mean, I mean, we go back, we keep pulling these. Okay. Like, like uh, uh, who was the, the uh, Travis Swanson was a guy, had a concussion. He also was hurt in college mm-hmm. um, and came to the Lions as damaged goods. Amir Abdullah. Um, we're talking about you know, there. There's there's just guys that are like that, man. It, it's not. It's exacerbated with what the situation we're at right now, but it is not unusual. And that I think, like, it, 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 you hear um, when, when I covered the Texans the last year, I covered them. They had a weird amount. Like that was the year where where JJ Watt suffered the tibial tibial plateau fracture, which is like normally something that happens when you're in a high-speed car accident or like get hit by a boat or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it literally like shreds the top of the knee off. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they're like, we got to fix our training stuff. So they, they had more injuries the next year. Like it doesn't. Lee, the, the, Lee comes in with Titus Young. <laughs> That's one that you can't miss. You know, no, you're right. Okay. okay. I want to go to, I'm going to, I want to go to one thing on this. Cause Logan and, and I love Logan. He's, he's in the slack. He was on a, um, at the, the the party this year. It was cool to hang out with him. NFL needs to get rid of all turf fields. It's 2022. We have the technology to get grass everywhere. I'm going to argue with you on that. Not that we don't need to, okay? But the it's 2022. We have the technology. When they built that field, I will not forget Ford Field with the utmost in safety, the new field at Ford Field built out of recycled tires. It's great for the environment, and it's the ultimate in player safety. It's the breaking edge of science. Science changes. Technology changes. And, I mean, that's the one thing. (laughs) Right. That's the one thing about science. It changes. The idea of science is to question, be questioned. And question what your assumptions are and test them and see if you can make it better. That's what it is. So, again, we could get rid of all the fields and find out that maybe some kind of tweak to the turf fields is one. we got one study right now. I believe it's one study. I'm, I'm working from what I remember reading here that is really exposing these fields as a problem. And and it looks like that really is an issue. Um Something needs to be done, I think, in, in this space. More work needs to be done because it costs a lot to fill, to change out that field. I don't think they have a problem spending it if they believe that they're 100% going to get a return on that investment. And let me tell you, the Detroit Lions, ensuring their players are injured at a 50% rate of what they are now, is an absolute return on investment. I, they will not not spend the money to fix that. That's one thing about the Fords that you cannot complain about. They do spend the money. So there you go. Right now, like how they spend it or where it goes, but they do spend the money. They've never had a problem spending the money. Please, crack that's, me up. That's not the issue. Firestone tires, baby. This is that was back when the Explorers were flipping. So remember, remember <laughs> to go back to the Ford Field thing when it first opened. It was like a huge thing. Like, oh, we got all these pellets. It's going to make it softer. 
well then well we gotta get rid of the pellets because it's getting in everybody's eyes <laughs> like it's getting in their lungs they're breathing it in like, so they, like the technology wasn't so good for very long <laughs> to, to your point about uh, uh things needing to change uh yeah they 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 got they they definitely need to come up with something better i will just say that the the progress that they've made in like I'll, I'll call it AstroTurf because when we moved to Houston, I desperately wanted a synthetic lawn. I hate mowing the lawn. I hated yeah. grass. Yep. It would have been retardant for um, fire ants, which are really, really bad. If you've never seen a fire ant, you don't want it. No. Um, and if you get like a turf lawn, they're like the fire ants don't they don't burrow into it because there's they can't make their nest. <laughs> um, my wife put the kibosh on it because they, it looked kind of cheesy at the time, and it was also. Like it, it wasn't the greatest. Like, and I, and I saw a demonstration for it. I was at a home show uh, in January. And I'm like, damn, man, they made that in, in ten years. They made that a lot nicer. Yep. Like this is like this looks like it could be your lawn. Like, in, if you're driving by it, like, oh, that's is that is that grass? Like, here's, they've made that so they they can keep working on. That. Here's what I know about it. Uh, I had my side lawn with it in California at the California house. And then I, we had, there was extra. So we just made it as a mat outside the, the slider in the back of the house. And I would walk out barefoot and I would scream in agony. Cause that shit got hot. Ah. You could not <laughs> yeah. stand on it. If it was in the sun, it was absolutely unusable. It was crazy. So anyway, that's it. Uh, Pocono, Chris, I have to give you credit. That is hilarious. <laughs> Talk about the field. Even Patricia got injured. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go on. Um, let's get to the the Dallas Cowboys. Look ahead to that. Um, the first thing I need to say about the Cowboys, I hate them. I hate them. I, the, the whole stupid America's team thing is BS. I hate this team. And I don't have I mean, we rarely play them, right? And, and, and my fondest memories of the Cowboys of the 90s when they were good and we were just ball dragging them with these nuts all day every day the 90s of the alliance teams just smoking the the cowboys are one of the highlights of my life i just hate the team the the, the i just i just don't like them. so that's it i had to get that out um we go on what's kind of the keys to win and riz i'm gonna go through a couple here and you can tell me i'm wrong right or whatever but i'm just gonna hit you my keys to to play in this team we cannot first and foremost have coaching errors we cannot and i'm telling you this is important for for coach campbell for the rest of this year as we talk about his seat how does he maintain it he has to get control of that he has to do better i don't care if he puts a crew of people up in the booth to tell him what to do he has got to get better with some of these errors that he's making and we can't have that in dallas those will cost us the game um players need to play all 60 minutes this is a team that can't do it in 59 56 they have to play there's no letting off the gas you have to be 100 100 of the time if you want to be the team that can and will this is the game to do it but you have to do it for 60 minutes defense this is obviously this i'm going to say the obvious thing first they need to improve drastically the key thing that this team needs is to put pressure on Dak Dak is on a comeback game from an injury his thumb he's going to be worried about his thumb everybody who wouldn't be right he's going to come out if he's under pressure if he's getting hit if he's getting hands on him that's going to be in his head that is going to help Dak is a is a pretty cool cat you need to make him nervous and this defense I'm not sure it can do it but we'll see We'll see. The last piece, 
the offense has to go back to being a top three offense in the league. They have a great defense. We have a great offensive line. We can fend them, their vaunted defensive line off. I believe this is one of the key matchups of the game is our offensive line against their defensive line. But if we if they can hold up and uh, and Goff and the rest of the offense can perform like they had in all the games other than that stupid New England game, they will give the Lions a chance in this game. I don't know that I predict a win out of this team. Coming off a bye, Dak coming back. These are interesting intangibles and what they mean to the team, but that's my look ahead to the game and what I think the Lions have to do. Riz, you tear it apart, my man. <laughs> I, I think you're you're spot on, especially with the offensive line versus their defensive line because their defensive line is what makes things happen. They are a very aggressive team in going after the ball, and they can do that because they can get pressure reliably with four or five Micah Parsons is really dangerous. He is a very bad matchup for Penny Sewell because Micah loves to set outside and then crash inside and cross the face. That's where Penny has trouble. Taylor Decker did not practice today. It was not injury related. It was personal, but he's got to make sure that he's sharp because they can bring it. They're really good at collapsing from the outside. Uh, they, they are a very good pressure, but their cornerbacks are beatable. Trayvon Diggs is going to get an interception or two, but he's going to give up a touchdown. That, that's the book on him, and that's fairly true. you got to attack them. That's, that's the number one thing. The Lions, we talk about them having an attacking defense, an aggressive defense. If you're aggressive against that, it works. Mm-hmm. We've seen that this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this, isn't, this isn't difficult, folks. The Lions have to do that to the Cowboys. The Cowboys are an aggressive defense. They're going to go after things. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to be out of position. And Jared Goff and Jamal Williams and TJ Hawkinson and Amon Ross St. Brown, who's back and healthy, they have to be ready to exploit that. And they have to take advantage of it. And then when they get to third and eight at the Dallas 30-yard line, Throw the ball past eight yards. Try to get the first down. Don't throw a swing pass to Craig Reynolds three yards down the field and expect him to break two tackles to get it. Because that's what they've been doing. Don't break and out that, the Joe Lombardi. By the way, Lombardi. it's Ben Johnson. That is not a Dan Campbell problem. Yep. Don't break out the Joe Lombardi playbook. You put that shit away. We saw what happened. <laughs> him straight, man. We, uh, their the broken kicker be, is better than our kicker. The key to being better on fourth down is to not get to fourth down. Yep. Be better on third down. Be better on second down. Don't waste plays. That and I think that's that's something that Ben Johnson, like he's he's a bit of a mad scientist, and some of the things he advises, some of it's great, but some of it's like, well, I'm going to try this on second and nine just to put it out there to see it, and maybe it'll pay off like in week eleven because they'll they'll will have looked for it and we can do something different with it. That. Yep. That's the way he thinks. He, he's talked to us about that. The, the Monday night game. But that's, waste, that's wasting plays. You can't do that against Dallas. You've got to go out and maximize things. And you, like, again, no, like, if, if it's 10, if you're losing 10 to nothing and you've got each decision between a 38-yard field goal attempt or a fourth and two, kick the goddamn field goal. Yep. Please. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'll tell you. And, and again, no Joe Lombardi fan, but if you watch the Monday night game, one thing that you saw was the San Diego Chargers converting on third down over and over 
and over and over again. It was stunning how many times. And I was like, they're using all three downs every time, but they're converting on third down. And they did it. That's what carried the game. I I, I don't know what the numbers are. I will tell you, though, watching the game just and, and not see having a second watch. My impression of that game is third down conversions are what actually won that game for San Diego. 100%. They were able to do it. The Lions haven't been able to do that, and they need Two. That's key for this team. So don't like DeAndre Swift. We expect him to be back. He was limited to practice today. Uh, just, just to, to I'll throw this out there. If you think DeAndre Swift's ever going to be 100, you're going to be wrong. Just sorry about. It. He's got to learn how to play through. That's something that we've talked about in the past. Something that a conversation that Deuce has had with him a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're running him. Like if you're running a a draw play, uh, you know first and ten, and you run an inside draw or, or you know a, a G power to to DeAndre Swift, and it gains one yard, you can't do that. Like mm-hmm. get him outside, get him in space, throw a little swing pass, do something, fake it to him, and run it to Amon Ra going the other way. The little jet sweeps, like the Jets did with Braxton Berrios. That play made my weekend, Chris. I don't know if you saw that. The, the jet sweep that they ran. The Jets did against the Packers with Braxton Berrios, yeah. who's one of my favorite players in the league. That was amazing. I loved it. I need more of that in my life. That's awesome. More of that from the Lions because mm-hmm. I, I can do that. Uh, Khalif can do that. They, let's, let's, let's try to be a little bit more creative on the early downs so you're not trying for it on fourth down six or seven or eight times in a game yep. um, and deciding whether you need to use your kicker who – you, you, you clearly don't trust Kevin. or oh is it better is it better for me to give them the ball back at my own 37 because I missed a 47 yard field goal or to give it to them at the 40 because I, or the 30 because I tried to run on fourth and two and I got stuffed because everybody knew what play I was going to be calling because that's teams have figured that out and by the way they figured it out in New England you saw it they baited Jared Goff into what throw he was going to make. New England did a great job of that. Dallas can do that too. And this is where Goff has to show a little bit some, more something in this game. When they show you the look, you've got to not get away from what you think the play is. Make, trust in yourself and trust in your guy to make the play. That's something that Goff got away from in the New England game, and it hurt the Lions badly. That's something that I want to see. Having uh, Because – if they play this game well, they can they can score on the Cowboys. I'm not sure they can stop the Cowboys, but they can score on them. Having great fourth down conversion statistics is great when you have less than 10 attempts a season, period. <laughs> if you're doing more than 10 attempts on fourth down in a season, you've got problems. That that's 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 the Chris stat for, for crystallistics. Crystallistics, like oh god, <laughs> DLP analytics. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> for DLP analytics, I like it. For what we got going on, you just can't be doing that all the time. Okay, we got all that. We got that. We got that locked up. Hey, really quick, we ask people uh, each show one time. Please hit the subscribe button if you haven't. And if you can, hit the like button. That's even easier. They're both just a click and a click. You said you watched, you hung out with us. It's easy to do. It doesn't cost you anything. Just hit the button. That does help us out a great deal. Helps, you know, the YouTube algorithm and all the other things. So please hit the like. Please hit the subscribe. Help support our show. Help other people find us and enjoy the great stuff we put together that isn't manufactured outrage. 
it's real. All right. With that, remember. (laughs) And they're wonderful. Uh, Don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. If you donate as little as $5 a month when you sign up there, you'll get access to the Slack chat, which has Riz, Scott, me, Case, Ash, the the whole crew, Sam, and the whole crew's there hanging out. And a couple hundred other folks. Uh, it's, It's the best chat for the lions or many many other topics on the internet a very respectful group of people treat you well great place to hang out uh patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast you can get in there five dollars a month gets you slack access and uh it's it's worth every penny i mean it- weird diversion diversional conversations during the bye week it was fun yeah. Free because talk Friday Twitter and facebook <laughs> turned into a absolute freaking nightmare for me personally yeah. uh, because people like to vent to me i don't know why i uh, it's fine i can be your therapist that's good but uh uh, there are times where my mental health will be a little shaky and I need to get the hell away from all of you. And I did that in the slack over break. Yep. <laughs> went, to, went to my parents' house. <laughs> I talked about it in the video last week that I shot. Thank you, by the way, for the folks who, who commented about the video that I did. Uh, we'll be doing another one of those. There's a, in a couple of weeks, there's going to be a situation where Chris and I cannot do the show together. Um, so I will do another video at that point, And I will probably incorporate a little bit of a mailbag into that mm-hmm. as well. And next week, by the way, we will not be doing next Wednesday night because I am busy. Um, Chris and I are going to work it out, but it will probably be Tuesday and probably a little later than normal. Yep. Yep. All good. All good in the hood. Uh, Anthony Barari asks, how often do you guys do the slack? I mean, how does that work? It's 24 seven. It's, it's a conversation that never stops. I mean, it's, it's, I, I don't want to compare it to Twitter because Twitter is a place of brain dead bozos. I, I, I ran across an idiot today. Um, well, that's not nothing special, but it was, he was an extracurricular idiot. Um, so, so it's, it's, it, it is an ongoing constant conversation. You can scroll back in time. You can go forward. You can see the comments and it does do threaded replies as well. And then it has a bunch of different channels on it. The lion's chat is and, the main chat. There's, and we do have disagreements on there, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's done in a respectful manner. It's not personal. Like people will say, Jeff, your opinion sucks. Not Jeff, you suck. That, that, that makes such a difference. Yeah, oh, really yeah. Does. oh, yeah. And d- different ideas are entertaining. It's great. And people bring real information. It's it's re- really, really a great group of people. It's one of the the best things I think that's come out of doing this podcast is that community of people. 100%. And, just, and, and I've, I've met friends that I've you know, gone out with in real life. Like, yeah, and I'm yeah, out with 100%. them. 100%. And it's great. It, it's really cool that I've, the, the, the community that this podcast has brought to me personally is just, it's awesome. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Love it. Can't and thank it, you all enough for that. It's, and, it's, and you too, Chris, for, for getting me involved in it. You're, you're great. You deserve more, but <laughs> the, uh, the, the, it's, it's one, like I said, it's one of the things I love the most. And the idea that it was not a kind of created, curated, try to, we're going to, we're going to put a community together. It came together at, around the show and then it's become its own kind of entity, even beyond the, the show itself. And I, I have a feeling that it will probably outlast the show <laughs> as far as the, the, the groups of people, because it's just really, really a, a special place. So patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast gets the access. Um, it, it will, you know, if the show goes away one day, uh, we'll probably just open it up to We'll make somebody in charge and they can handle it, whatever, however it works. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast. I'm not, pl- I'm not planning for that. I don't know. Uh, hang out. Pants free. It's the best place to see us pants free at Jeff Risden. You can see El Hefe there and all his glory as well. DET Lions Podcast and at Jeff Risden. Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us in the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. Like, subscribe, do all those things. Go to Detroit 
DetroitLionsPodcast.com. That's where you can actually subscribe to the audio podcast. So we can do that thing, Riz. What's that thing that we do so well? <laughs> That's right. Coming to yours automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no manufactured outrage, no lies, no fake. It's all real. Because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Thank you all for tuning in. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.